Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, we're going to get hot today. Hot in the city, finally. Like Max, Pete, Nigerian. Pete, you like Florida. Here comes Florida to Minnesota for a couple days, huh? <laughs> yeah, we're getting a good taste of it right now, Maxie, I'll tell you. But, uh... But you know what? You got to embrace whatever you got, whether it's That's 30 right. below or it's, you know, 100 degrees of, and find ways to get to water today. Right? right? I mean, man. get to a lake, get to a river, do something. I'll, t- I'll take the heat any day. I'll, I'll, I'll deal yeah. with the heat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Hey, uh, you and I had a fun uh, night the other night. Uh, Creighton Durham Hall had their um, uh, their Hall of Fame. And uh, mm. you, <laughs> that is some kind of Hall of Fame, isn't it? When they bring them in and you look at the names on that list and, and they inducted some more. But uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, our friend, your former teammate, Ray Hitchcock, was was honored for his coaching duties there. And it was it was it was really a festive night, but it really reminds you how much talent has come out of that school. You know, Maxie, it's absolutely stunning. It's amazing. Uh, you know, I, you, you look around at a lot of high schools across the country. I don't know how many even match up to what Creighton Hall has been able yeah. to do. I, Ray Hitchcock has got the Super Bowl ring on his finger, right? I yeah. mean, there's a guy who's, who's been a great football player, great coach, gave back to everybody. He's CDH. He was there for, I think, the better part of 20 years, yeah. Maxie. And, you know, in 1987, Washington Redskins, yeah. uh, he's got his Super Bowl ring. And and there were so many young ladies there as well that, you know, in a variety of sports, a lot of them in volleyball. It's amazing oh, yeah. uh, the, the power that they had in volleyball. But, you know, you look around the room and you see, oh, over there, there's Ryan Harris. Well, he's got a Super Bowl ring <laughs> yeah. from the Denver Broncos. <laughs> you know, he did pretty well at Notre Dame. And Corbin Lucina, eh, he played, what, 11, 12 years yep. in the NFL? Played the and Super Bowl, she, Buffalo, yep. And how about Joe Maurer? I mean, Joe what Maurer. can you not? <laughs> There's the the guy has done everything in every sport at the at the high school level, and then then moved on to baseball at the at the major league level, and had a heck of a career. But you know that 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 was part of what I was looking around the room, Maxie, and I'm yeah. looking and I go, well, you got Chris Wenke, you got Steve Walsh, you've got all these various players. Uh, that that have either won Heisman trophies or they've been at least up very close. I think Walsh was fourth in the running for the Heisman Trophy, but he did win a national championship. Yep. So, yep. Yeah, and pretty you good. You look NFL that career. room. Yep. Uh, that room is just unbelievable, Maxie. It really, it it truly is. And then if you just uh, you know pull back a little bit and you say, well, how many guys and gals in this place are are, are somewhere in the All American category of college? And it's like, well, just about everywhere you look, Uh, you know, the, the, that was an amazing, amazing night. You did a great job, Maxie. That was really, that was fun because you, you, you give us an opportunity to, uh, 
to see what these guys are like that we don't maybe know very well. I know Ryan Harris well. I know Ray Hitchcock really well. But, you know, you opened it up for a lot of us that, are, that were sitting there a little bit more about a Corbin Lucina, who I, I know his son's even having a lot of success as well. But, yeah, in USFL, uh, yeah. Yeah, just a great kid. And, and Corbin, what a great guy. You know, I didn't know him very well. I knew of him, but I yeah. didn't know him, Maxie. But what a heck of a guy he was, too. And you did a nice job of just kind of – getting him to open up and, 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 you know, project everything that he wanted to get out. And it was great. It was, that was a really, really unbelievable. And by the way, you, you went home, but you, you should have helped me get out of there too, because they dragged me off. Over I to know, man, I had to go do 10 o'clock <laughs> news, but I knew you guys were going for a steak. And I knew that that was going to take that they were going to that there was going to be some conversation for a while. Oh, there was some good conversations there. You know, Daryl Thompson is sitting there with us, and you know, just an unbelievable group of guys. And you know, it's you know, there's nothing like a night out with 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 all the guys and just yeah. just having a good time, not having a crazy time, but having a good time and and, and having all the stories. And you know, those stories get better every single year, don't they, Max? Oh boy, yeah. But and you know, as you get older, you you appreciate them and you appreciate the people. Yep. You know, that's the thing about a Hall of Fame banquet like that because mm-hmm. it's it's a look back, it's reflective. But you really do appreciate people in your life, don't you? When you're sitting at tables like that, and you know, the fact that you know the common denominator was you you know you were brought together by a sport or by whatever. Mm-hmm. But you really mm-hmm. appreciate the people that you got to go through this uh, this world with, don't you? Yeah, and the bonding that that, yep. that happens with all that kind of stuff because they truly and and people were saying it throughout the night, but you know they the, the guys and gals uh, that you may have played with in whatever sport, they're your brothers, they're your yep. sisters. They really do become a part of the family, and they they always will be. And it's amazing you couldn't you could go twenty years without seeing somebody. And boy, I tell you what, you felt like you saw him yesterday yeah. after two minutes. I mean, it just clicks right away. And just one other aside on that, and uh, you know, I, I mentioned it briefly when when uh, when I was emceeing the other night. But mm-hmm. do you understand the number of people that are not in the Hall of Fame? The <laughs> they will be eventually. But I mean, you're talking about Michael Floyd, a first round draft pick, you know, oh, out of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. You're talking about mm-hmm. you know, Marcus Freeman won a Super Bowl. You're talking about Ryan McDonough is playing for the Stanley Cup right now. You know, the captain of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I, 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 and I know eventually these people will get in as well. I mean, Joe Maurer's brothers were both great minor league players and had great mm-hmm. college yeah. careers. I mean, the list of people that are not in yet, uh, Phil Archer and uh, that, that, you know, the athletic director outgoing now, but uh, you know, he had a great career at Minnesota and played in the pros. I mean, the, the list of people that, that are not in yet is almost as impre- it makes it more impressive than the, the, the ones that are in. Oh, yeah, and that's a must-attend kind of thing, Maxie. I mean, that, that gymnasium, by the way, named after Joe Maurer mm-hmm. for all the right reasons, <laughs> but but that place was packed. I mean, what, yep. I don't know what the numbers were, 300 people, something like that, but, you know, pretty much as many people as they could get in there, they had, and it was, it was, it was a great event, and um, I'll tell you what, I was so impressed with everybody, the men, the women, and, you know, families now and all the things, and, and you just look around that room, and it's just uh, – it, 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 it's heartwarming to see, you know, and to be able to get together. I know last week we talked about that That's when we were the talking other about those thing. concerts. Yep, to get but together, yeah. yep. Yeah, isn't that great? You're yep. looking around, you're able to shake hands, hug people, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it really, uh, it, it, was a, it was a great, great event, and you did an outstanding job. And you're right, Phil Archer was a great gopher and a player in the NFL and all that kind of thing. And I, I, I would bet you that now that he's leaving – 
um, he will probably get a better opportunity to get in there because he was on the committee, you know. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. You can't put yourself in when you're on the committee. Makes it a little tougher. <laughs> and and his, bro- his brother Brandon played in the NFL and, you know, the mm-hmm. Roska family. I mean, it goes on and on. Hey, when we come back, we got a lot of sports to talk about today, but I do yeah. want to I, I go one business direction in the next segment, and that is sure. when they raise the interest rate, uh, you know, three-quarter percent and all that went on this week, what does that mean to our economy, maybe to our sports as well? Pete Nigerian mm-hmm. knows all. So we'll visit with him about that when we come back on the huddle. Stay with us. Welcome back. The huddle, Mike Max, Pete Nigerian talking sports and a whole lot more. 651-461-9226. If you've got a question about the economy, the Gopher football schedule, the upcoming NBA draft, the Minnesota Twins, will they make trades? You name it, you've got access to a 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. And Pete, here we go again. I mean, uh, we get out of one thing and into another. The economy is good in some areas and for a while, and then all of a sudden we're peeking at it, knocking on the door of a possible recession, uh, and, and the interest rates go up, and everybody tries to get their arms around it. And what, what did you learn over the last week when you saw that? What, what, what do you see what changes well the the fed itself um knows that they are going to have to do everything almost to perfection maxi um and and even at that at, at that there's still a lot that uh that has to happen has to go right and it's it's difficult and and they did indicate a little bit before just a day or so before um that they were going to release what they were going to be doing with the rate hikes and everybody said well it's going to be you know 50 basis points the next thing you know they leaned a little bit towards and probably floated this out there to everybody that, you know what, it looks like we're going to actually raise it by three quarters of a point. All that really means, Maxie, in a nutshell, is that the the Fed was looking at, at raising rates. They gave us a whole systematic way of how, how they were thinking about it and how what the, what the pace would be. Well, they changed that up a little bit, and I think for all the right reasons, quite honestly, Maxie, because when you look around what's going around in the economy, we still have incredible amounts of inflation. It is, you know, everywhere you look. And a lot of that really does start with oil and the price of crude oil because there are so many different aspects of, of our economy that are dependent upon that, right? I mean, the truckers have got to move things all over the country with diesel fuel and all the rest of that. And so, you know, everything is costing a little bit more than it did, at, at, you know, go back a few years or whatever. And and that's that's been the big challenge is how do they how do they thread this needle? How do they raise the rates enough to slow down some of this inflation without stopping everything and then turning it into what everybody likes to keep calling a recession? Quite frankly, Maxie, we're already kind of in that recession. It's sort of an area right now. And a lot of there's a fair amount of people who believe that that's that's the case. I'm one of them. But the reality is. It's a, it's a difficult time. The Federal Reserve can only do what they can do, and their, their job is to literally keep an eye on what's going on in the economy and try to, trying to do their best to make sure that things don't completely collapse. But at the same time, they've got to figure out how to slow this down because it's very, very difficult, as we all know. You go to the pump, and, and you know, it's in front of you every – and I say that all the time because it's the easiest way for any of us to ever really understand what's going on in the big global sense – and oil is a global commodity. So because of that, it gives us all the sense of, okay, well, what does this really mean? Well, it means it's going to take money away from other parts of our lives if the price of gasoline is going to be close to $5 a gallon, somewhere north of it or sure. south of that. But that's 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 the reality, and it makes it a little bit different, more difficult for people to be able to find different ways to spend. And when that starts to slow down, now all of a sudden the cascading effect of, well, 
a little bit less money going to Target or to the pizza place around the corner or to the restaurant, to the bar, whatever it might be. There's this whole, you know, effect that goes in. And so that sure. that's why it's so difficult and so, you know, it's something that is so important. And the Fed's job is to try to figure out how they can thread that needle. <laughs> how yep. do you how do you slow it down enough but not slow it down to a screeching halt? And 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 that's gonna be the Probably the next six months or so, that's what makes this whole six months, I think, an incredible time. Because if they're able to do that, and I'm not saying they can or cannot, but if they're able to do that, that would be fantastic. And I think the reality is they probably can get something close to that, but I'm not sure they're going to absolutely be able to thread that needle. You know, this is a text we got, and you kind of answered it in the last uh, uh, question that I asked. But will Pete please explain what a recession is and how it will impact the consumer? And I, I guess it varies from consumer to consumer, but basically you, you've got less discretionary money is what you're saying, right? Yeah, in a nutshell, yeah, that, that is it, Maxie. And, and, and you know, it, it's a word that I think also we, we have so many different ways of looking at that word and depression and recession and all that kind of thing. And, and sometimes, let's be honest, there are a lot of commentators out there that are almost talking us into that because That's they're That's what so I wonder focused. sometimes, Pete. <laughs> yeah. 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 I do too, Maxie. Yeah. I, I sit and, and I listen to the financial uh, stations as well, and obviously I'm, I'm connected with one of them, but mm-hmm. – but the reality is there are times where I look around going, you know, uh, you're trying to talk everybody into this whole thing. Let's, you know, let's yep. just stick to what the facts are, not what you think is going to be happening. But, you know, the facts that are in front of us. And if we can attack those, then we can, you know, maybe make a little bit of progress in, in trying to make this a little bit better. Maybe, and everybody uses this expression too, but a softer landing. And that mm-hmm. that's what we're looking for is a little bit of a softer landing. We don't want to... We don't want this thing to absolutely come to, as I keep saying, that screeching halt because then that puts us in another position of, okay, well, what do we do now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and what so, do you do? All right, and, and then all better. Yep. Now, I think of when you say recession, I think of, oh, man, put the brakes on, put everything, you know, yeah. put it into the, into the bank, don't put it in the market, don't put it anywhere. That, that's my first impulse when I hear recession. Uh, I know yeah. that that's that that's uh, uh, kind of a novice approach, and it's it's uh, uh, because I'm not well schooled on economies and things. But that's the first thing I think of. What do you think of when you hear that word? Do you do you think of opportunities too? Yeah, there are op- there will be opportunities for sure, Maxie. I mean, the, the reality is that that the you know the stock market is always kind of shifting and moving, and there's a lot of different catalysts every everywhere across the board, and we've got so many right now because. You know, we, we were coming out of the pandemic, so that was one, and it still continues to be one as we have you know, keep coming out of the pandemic situation that we were in and shutdowns and everything. China seems to shut down uh, pretty frequently on us now. Mm-hmm. They're open, then they shut down. Then they're open, and then they're shut down. And, you know, the second largest economy in the world is China, so that, that becomes an issue as well. We don't have a whole lot of control over that. As a matter of fact, probably zero. But then you've got to look over to Europe, and then you look over into what's going on in Ukraine with Russia. I mean, and the talk about China maybe saying, hey, look, uh, Taiwan, um, that's ours. You know, there's a lot going on out there, Maxie. Yep. A lot of these things are, are affecting not just the economy, but, you know, the way we all are, are looking at things in life and these catalysts that are everywhere that are going to affect us in so many different ways. And it's it's something that, you know, that is the reality, but – I don't think it's something where we got to put our heads in the sand and say, you know what, we're done. I think you're right that there is opportunity oftentimes when there are some negative things going on. And that's that's the, the, the most important part of it is can we find where some of those best opportunities really are? And, and, and I think we can. 
651-461-9226 if you have questions about sports or the economy on the How Do We Take Them All. Uh, Pete, I got a personal text here. It says, if we're in a recession, does that mean only in the U.S. or is it uh, by definition uh, global when we're in a recession? That's a great question. I would say it, 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 we're really talking about the U.S., but let's be honest. We're the largest economy in the world. So if, if that's the case, then obviously there's a, there's a trickle down or there's an effect that's going to be happening everywhere else. And I would, I would say that Europe right now, for instance, uh, finds themselves in a pretty tough spot as well. And, you know, when you look around the globe, there's a lot of different economies that are probably in the same boat as well, where they're, you know, they're, they're, they're working on it, but, can they stay out of recession or are they already in the recession and they need to, to try to navigate it as best they can so that it doesn't get any worse? And that's, that's sort of the markets that we're in today. But I, w- I would say that I don't worry nearly as much about the rest of the globe because there's so much here in the, in the U.S. and what we produce and, and we also use. There's, there's a lot of reasons that um, I think we really do focus much more on the U.S. itself. And, and if the U.S. is good, then generally speaking, the rest takes care of itself. It, it sure does. It sure does. And it helps uh, it helps a heck of a lot of them around the rest of the globe, because that's you know, we are such an, an, an engine for uh, for for so many different things here in the United States. And, you know, there there are countries that obviously do a great job, but they're not the U.S. They're not even close the size of them or even the state of California. Uh, that, that used to be the big comparison to Maxi was, you know, the state of California is bigger than a lot of the economies around the world. So, uh, you know, and I think that's now going to be moving towards Texas and other places as well. But it just shows you how how big and how influential the U.S. is, the U.S. economy. Well, let's sneak one phone call and let's go to Clancy on line one. Clancy, you're on with Pete and Mike. Yeah. Question. Uh, professional athletes. Royce Lewis, all the injuries he's suffered, are the major league organizations insuring these players for injuries like that? Or how long, uh, I mean, how do, you, how do you deal with that? It's a good question, and it's, it's, it's a little bit complicated because it, there's a formula for it. So that they insure uh, players, uh, but then it's based on how many games the players perform uh, because obviously the insurance company may say, hey, you got your value out of that guy uh, because he played X amount of games, and so therefore we're, we're not as liable as you might think we are. Uh, they do insure contracts and players all the time, and, and, and Pete, it's uh, I don't want to say it's a slippery slope, but uh, they insure against it, but it's not, it's not as clean as, okay, he got it's hurt, not. now you get his full salary back. It, 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 it's not that simple. It's not that simple, <laughs> not at all. And it's, as a matter of fact, it gets more complicated all the time. And I know that we're going to be talking about a lot of different subjects throughout throughout this hour and a yeah. half left that we've got, Maxie. But I'll tell you what, with the NILs and all these other things, I mean, there's there is so much going on, so much change, you know. And and then you've got you know the the live stuff too. I mean, there's there's a lot of different things happening right now in the world of sports. There's no doubt. Yeah, we got the NBA draft coming yeah. up. We've got all this stuff and and the NHL. I mean, it's. It, it is incredible, but, uh, you know, when, when you bring up the insurance side of things, that does get complicated. It used to be that Lloyd's complex. of London, everybody would, and I yes. don't think that they offer yeah. anymore, do they, because the risk was so high? I, I was about to say. Oh, the I premium think that is the, so the, high, you know? Yeah, the, the premium was high, and it, it still wasn't high enough. And yeah. I think that sort of slowed that whole thing yeah, down a lot. Yeah, once you get into so. these contracts, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, when we come back, this is a guy, he's a local guy, Pete uh, Deventry Jordan, uh, but he trains mm-hmm. guys. 
uh, for the upcoming NBA draft, and, and, and they bring him in. Uh, uh, a rapper named Jay-Z started his own agency, and he says, I got to get, you know, he gets his guys signed, but I need him to be ready so that when they go to these workouts, they're ready to go. And obviously the NBA draft's coming up this week, so we're going to bring him in to Benjamin Jordan to talk to us about how he prepares guys for the NBA draft for Jay-Z, if that all makes sense. You're listening to The Huddle. Welcome back. Mike, Max, Pete, and Jaren on the huddle, 651-461-9226. If you want to call to talk sports, finances, or any of the above, we'll do Whoop. <laughs> Dennis, we good there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we're okay here, Pete. <laughs> that was alarming. <laughs> here we go, man. Hey, the Golden State Warriors won the NBA title, Pete, and uh, and did it with some flair. Andrew Wiggins obviously uh, thrived there some. You know, there, there's a lot of theories on uh, on Andrew Wiggins going from the Timberwolves there and, and, and maybe getting more comfortable. Um, I, I would think it's that, you know, he's a guy that doesn't really enjoy the spotlight that much, even though he was number one overall pick. And... Uh, uh, you know, he he just wants to play. He doesn't show a lot of emotion. D- does that happen a lot to you, to, to players, you think, where they just find the right fit or they're in the wrong fit and, and they're that close to being great if they just get with the right team? Do, do you think that that is true a lot or a little? I think it's probably true more often than not, Maxie. I, I really do. I think that it all comes down to are you at the right place at the right time? Uh, you know, and, and I think – Every player has has certain areas or certain teams that they actually would fit so much better with, and and you know sometimes you got to find that. You know Andrew Wiggins did struggle here, but you could always see the talent level. It would always show itself at times, but the the problem was it wasn't on a daily basis, consistently like that for him. Unfortunately, with the Timberwolves, so he gets his opportunity. He's with Golden State. He's able to do what he likes to do as a player. And he's flourished. I mean, he's just amazing. There's a lot of guys out there, Maxie, that were talking about the fact of how the way he was playing throughout the series made him, you know, at least a contender for that MVP sort of thing. But the reality is Steph Curry is just so special in the way he shoots the ball from almost anywhere on the court um, and the way he, he, he literally did take over a couple of those games didn't win him on his own, but he certainly put everybody on his back and sure helped out a lot did, for sure. Man. There's no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Jo- joining us now, man, the trains who you know he hopes will be the next Steph Curry or Andrew Wiggins, whatever it is. The Ventry Jordan's an interesting story. He works for Game Face now, uh, which is the old Winter Park converted where the Minnesota Vikings used to train. And he trains athletes in general, uh, but he also trains specifically to the NBA because Jay Z and his group that uh, sign athletes that they want to be stars in the NBA and beyond. Uh, he goes out and trains them so that they're ready for the upcoming draft or that they impress people during the combine. And he joins us now to Ventry on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Thank you for joining us this morning. No, thank you. I appreciate the time. Yeah, so tell, tell us, I was, uh, I was telling Pete we were talking about it earlier, explain how you do this when you get this window of opportunity between end of college season and, and the upcoming NBA draft to try to maximize someone's opportunities. What, what goes into that? Oh, man, it's a lot of detail, a lot of attention to detail. We we start the recruiting process early on, and we kind of hone in on who we're going after, who we're recruiting. And um, and then what we do is we kind of give the guys a track before we start training them. And then we have about eight weeks to get these guys ready, six weeks to get them ready for the combine. And then we get another few weeks to get them ready for the draft. And then they head off into Summer League down in Vegas. Pete? So we work out six days a week, um, about five hours a day. Wow, Deventry, that that's awesome, and and I think these guys obviously, you know, the the way sports has become so big and the money is so huge these days mm-hmm. that, 
you you have to train into these. So you have to get a guy like yourself and and, and your group at Game Face. I'm just curious. Uh, and one of the things I like about when I was looking into this more and more, Deventry, was the idea uh-huh. that that you're not just training. However, you're not just going for the sport. You're not just going for the combine. You're training people to be athletes. Tell us a little bit about that, just to be the, oh, to yeah. the fact we, that you're pushing them. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we're performance coaches, and that's what I tell people. We like giving a coach or a team a product that they can mold. So what we do is we help make athletes better mentally, physically, and emotionally. Uh, how do you do? How do you begin that process? How do you identify what what uh, what their needs are? Where does that start and end? It's a combination of things. So we sit down with every athlete. We kind of do an intake form. Um, we take them through an evaluation, um, particularly for the NBA pre-draft. We, t- we work with the agents to figure out who they play most like and what kind of system they will fit in. So we watch a lot of game film on these guys, um, see if they've been injured before, and then we get them ready for the draft. So we look at previous year's draft testing and combine testing scores um, to see where the athlete needs to be at so they can get drafted. So a quick question, a guy like Chet Holmgren, obviously mm-hmm. we all, I played with his father. He's a great kid. I've watched him play for a long time from high mm-hmm. school onto the, you know, mm-hmm. this, his year out there in the, in college basketball. Unbelievable. But what would you guys do with him? I mean, obviously he's awfully thin. So that's got to be a concern yep. for the yep. NBA, but tell us, kind of walk us through the evaluation process of a kid like that who probably does need to put on some weight. It's funny, you know, we got a, a guy similar named John Butler Jr. out of Florida State, similar build, he's 7-1, um, same type of frame, um, and, and he's really a, he knows that he needs to put on weight. He needs to, and so uh, we give him a, a very crucial meal plan where he's taking in so many different calories every single day. Um, his workout regimen is a lot different because he's a taller guy, and so um, we do a lot of core strength for him, a lot of lower body extremity work. Um, to get him ready for the upcoming draft. And you got to think these guys are leaving early, so they're getting ready to enter to a, a league where you're playing against grown men. And so um, it's going to take a couple years. So guys like that, we call them project guys. Um, they're not going to get it all right away. It's going to be a series of progressions over the next few years um, where you make that investment to a kid like that. And, and, and when you see it, how do you identify, how do you project it, and how do you try to say, do you guys uh, uh, sell the, do you try to sell the teams and say, look, man, we're watching this guy, and, you know, you, you might not think next year is going to be high impact, but in two and three years he will. Do you, do you try to do projectiles for the teams? No, the agent does that. So the agents okay. and the scouts. So what we they, do They're is the we, salesman. You just give them the product, product, huh? Exactly. We just give them the finished product. They tell us what they want to see, how they want them to perform, and who they play like. And then we work on on the performance side to get them up to the best of their ability. Deventry, how how was the experience when you were with uh, Under Armour? Obviously, they were a huge impact on so many different colleges, and and not just colleges, but yeah. obviously they they got involved with so many colleges. And I know you're there for a couple of years. Tell yes, us sir. a little bit about what that was like, and what was the process that Under Armour was looking for from you. It was a lot of traveling. I was more on the combine side, so I work, really worked with one sport. And I was really getting high school kids ready to go to, to go to college. So we were helping testing the kids, getting them ready so they can so the colleges could recruit them. So it was kind of a different side for me and then working the high school American games. So I got to work with some of the top talent from youth all the way up to, to collegiate level with Under Armour. So we were already working with top talent. 
How do they? What year? How young are the kids that they now uh, try to find and seek out and say mm-hmm. we're identifying them as a potential, you know, first round draft pick of the NBA? How does that process work for them, uh, where they say this is someone we want to invest in? It's a it's a number of like write ups, um, stories like this, like we're doing right now, um, game film. Um, you got to think now with the new NIL stuff, agents are signing guys. As, as sophomores and freshmen in high schools, betting on these guys on their projectiles based on their, their, their genes of if they sign their brother, if their brother's in the NBA, did their dad play in the NBA. Um, these agents are going deep, deep, deep in doing research and investing into these kids at a young age. Hey, DJ, I know you, uh, uh, you, you started off and, and really loved working with the young athletes. Tell us a little bit about some of the differences that you see working with <clears throat> young athletes versus some of the pro athletes. And is is it is it completely different? I mean, obviously, egos are probably a little bit different. So, t- tell us about that whole situation. Well, we're, we're grateful to kind of be in a position where we could kind of pick and choose the type of athletes that we want to work with right now. Um, I've had some guys, some some pro guys who are really prima donnas and girls, and then I have some people who are just humble, right? And they just want to get better and they strive to get one percent better daily. Same with kids. You have some kids who think they're just, you know, the next best thing and you can't tell them anything, but you have some kids who are who are humble, um, who show humility, like a Paige Beckers. Um, she's one of the most humble people I've ever trained in my life, and she's always striving to get better. And it shows on the court. Mm, fun stuff. Hey, I know this is a big week for me. The last, uh, but not least, Theo Johns. You've been working out as well. You got his last year yeah. at Duke, and yeah. uh, and obviously, what what is his future? Where is he at right now in terms of making money down the road? Theo's going to be special um, for him. Um, he's going to be in between to, you know, playing the center between the power forward. Um, I feel like personally being biased, he could guard all five positions. Um, so it's going to be, he's going to have to be with a special team and a special situation to really showcase all of his talents. Um, I'm excited to watch him play in the summer league. Um, that's going to be huge for a lot of our guys. You know, we got about eight guys that are going to be playing in that. And so um, I predict that quite a few of our guys will probably get a lot of two-way contracts. Typically, that's kind of what happens um, where they play, you know, in a G League for half the year, then they play up for the other half of the year. So um, you've got to earn it, man. Got to earn it. Well, appreciate it very much. Right Interesting stuff that you're doing, and thank you for giving us some time this morning. Thanks so thank much. Thank you. You have a great day. Yeah, Devantry Jordan, we'll talk more about that, identifying uh, players as uh, products nowadays. And uh, obviously, that has to do with. Uh, 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 Wall Street as well, and Pete's plugged in on both. We'll talk about that next on the huddle. Join us anytime, 651-461-9226, 651-461-9226. Call or text anytime you're listening to the huddle. Welcome back to the huddle. Mike, Max, Pete, Nigerian, 651-461-9226. If you want to talk Gopher sports, the upcoming NBA draft. Kerry Steinbach will join us in the 11 o'clock hour. We'll talk about the Twins and their... Uh, Big win. They had a big win last night, but now they prepare for a big series as well. They play Arizona today, of course, the final game of that series. Uh, they've split the first two, and then they get Cleveland coming to town next week in uh, what is becoming a little bit of an early summer showdown, uh, given what Cleveland has done to play their way uh, back into it. Pete, how much of a disservice do we do to kids when we identify <laughs> them too early and we lead them to believe uh, that they're going to be great before they've had a chance to grind it out and find out if they're going to be great? Gosh, that's a great one, Maxie. It really is because there there are a lot of kids like that out there that uh, they they get treated a certain way. They become all you know. Unfortunately, not all of them, but some of them. Yeah, they have as as Deventry was just talking about. 
prima donnas, and and it's because that it starts out so early. You know, it's interesting when you see some of the guys who who did struggle that actually are some of the best of all time. Michael Jordan's always the easiest one to pull out of that one, Maxie, because you know here's a guy who wasn't starting in his high school team, and then and and, and then comes in to be the one of the best players of all time. Uh, you know, depending on on who you ask, but. It is interesting. You know, the one thing I was listening closely when he was talking about some of these young athletes is when I was in in Connecticut, in New Canaan, Connecticut, living, and um, we were there, there was a kid who was in eighth grade that was getting recruited around the country as a quarterback. And I just sort of shook my head thinking, you know, they're they're digging so deep, Maxie, that they start so early Mm -hmm. that – these kids kind of lose track of things, you know, and they, they do. And they, they, they literally lose track of things because pretty soon it just becomes the next game, the next tournament, the next person to tell them they're great. Yeah, and 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 they hear too much of that. We had a nice young man. He actually, I think, has kept his you know head not too too big. But Drew Pine is his name. He was a quarterback there. He set every record, threw a hundred touchdowns. They set a new record with that with his hundred touchdowns in high school. And then he ended up going to Notre Dame, and he's there right now. And he's uh, he's had a couple of starts here and there. He's played in some bowl games. But, you know, it, it's it's interesting because he's a good player, but is he a great player? I mean, we're talking about a guy in eighth grade getting recruited by Florida and Florida State and Miami and all these different schools around the country. And and to your point, I, I wonder, does that actually kind of affect them a little bit too much, you know, mentally and maybe even from the physical standpoint of, of are they pushing themselves even harder than they should be at a certain age? That that all kind of adds up. I'll tell you the easiest one, though, is 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 the genes, because the genes never lie, it seems like. And I, and I, I go back to John Alt and then looking at all his children and, and yep. all the different sports that they had success in, and now it's Joe Alt, and again, it's a Notre Damer, but – uh, Joe is a special player, Maxie. I, I know you know that too, but to watch him wanting to be a quarterback for so long. <laughs> That's what he w- and, grew up wanting to be, huh? Oh, yeah. His dad was like, look, man, you don't understand. You are not a quarterback. But he let him play quarterback. He let him do, you know, some of the things that he did. And eventually, I think Joe kind of figured out, you know, I'm, I'm pushing six foot eight and 300 pounds and, and I'm only 17 years old. Yeah. I'm probably not a quarterback. <laughs> I'm probably not a quarterback at the Tino Grace here in the system. Oh, that no. running. Yeah. And it, and it all, and it, you know, one thing about quarterback is you learn every position and, and there's lots of yep. value. Uh, from that, you know, there's another tricky piece to the, this, though, Pete, too, and 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 that's this one. You know, you're PJ Fleck, and and you've got kids coming through, and you've got your you know your super recruiting weekend and all those things, and, and you have a lot of guys that are, um, you know, they're really good athletes, but you're mm-hmm. not quite sure whether or not they're what you need or um, uh, difference makers or you know th- that kind of a thing as you go down the list and, and you're trying to figure out you know do we offer this kid a scholarship where does he fit all those things and yet you got to do the dance with them because they may turn into that uh, mm-hmm. or they may get offers from other big 10 schools and all of a sudden you go boy if we're going to miss we got at least offer this kid a scholarship how difficult do you think that is i was thinking about that because last oh. week we had glenn mason on talking about the recruiting of marion barber uh, how mm-hmm. difficult of a dance is that? Because you know the coaches and coaching staff over there. You want these people to be in your good graces because you may want them. Yet at the same time, you can't tell them everything. Meaning you're recruiting somebody else who you think might be better than them. 
Yeah, it, that, that is a that's a tough dance, and it, and it's been going on forever uh, it, from yep. that perspective. There's no doubt about that. It, it it is something that that is difficult because, of course, and I think that this year more than any year, I am really impressed with what PJ and the staff have done as far as recruiting the state of Minnesota. You know, in the past, I, I I'd always get frustrated, Maxie, because you know we we lose a kid to Notre Dame and a couple kids maybe to Nebraska or Wisconsin or Iowa, and you know you just get frustrated if they want to go somewhere else around the country i i get it you know if you want to go down and play in the sec or you want to play in the pac-12 i get it you know that's different but when you're staying kind of right here in the midwest um it's frustrating because we want to get those athletes out of the state of minnesota and i think pj this year he and his staff have done a magnificent job of of the recruiting process of minnesotans now it doesn't mean they get every single one there are kids that are going to slip through but you know it's it is a difficult dance because you want to get the kids that are local that you that you have a pretty good sense that they are going to be players right out of the gate, but you're still looking around the rest of the country, you know, all over <laughs> yes, the rest are. of the country, and there's a limited there's number a lot of, of guys that are in that that too deep that aren't playing at SEC schools, and and they may yeah. be pretty good here. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. It's it is something, uh, you know, it it makes it difficult, and and you know that that that's why I think I'm so impressed this year with what they've done so far, and they've got a long way to go, but. It was just last week or so that they had that big recruiting weekend, and they were able to get a couple of those guys, Maxie. And those were kind of the five-star guys that they were targeting that they really wanted to get and brought a lot of them in together. And that's why it was such a big weekend. And it looks like they they really executed well and got a couple of the players that they really wanted. And, And who knows? Maybe there's still conversations going with some of the other kids as well. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, it is. uh... Uh, you, you know, I, I give credit to the coaches on that because it's super hard because, yep. you, you know, everybody wants to be told straight up where they stand. And the truth is you can't really tell them everything that, that they want to know. And sometimes they get blindsided because they think they were the number one target at that position and they find out they signed somebody else. And and, and, mm-hmm. and that, that game and that business, um, those 17, 18 year olds aren't really ready for or their parents. And yet. I don't know how else you can play it if you're a coach because you got you're trying to extract the best possible talent and keep as many people in play as possible. Anyway, more on that when we talk to Lee Hutton about the NIL and how that is just drastically changing the landscape over the last couple of months. But we come back, Terry Steinbach will talk about the Minnesota Twins and their plight to win the division and much more. Always fun to visit with him on the other side on the huddle. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.